Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. You may be seated. Thank you. Hello, hello. Are we on? Hello, are we on? Yes, happy. Yeah. These are my furniture people that travel around the world with me. He flies first class every time. I go in economy because he's a diva. He's a diva. He lacks the attention, but don't milk it. Get off now. These are my Feng Shui furniture people. Hello, how are you? C3 Amsterdam, your tribe around the world, are lovely people. That's not true of all tribes around the world. I'm glad of my C3 tribal alliance, association, family, because we're about to lose our European one. Ah, see what I did there? But spirit is thicker than nationalities. So we'll stay in the floor together. No matter what happens with the whole Brexit thing in the coming weeks, we still love the Dutch people. It's those people in Belgium we're not sure about. We're keeping, a, keeping an eye on those people there. Yeah, that's right. So thank you for your love, hospitality. Steve and Lisby are some of my favorite people in the C3 tribe. That's why I love being with you guys, because your church understands welcome, hospitality, friendship, community. I know is a big part of your significant distinctive DNA that you are committed to and that's a good thing because so much of the church is not providing community anymore and many people um, have a drive-through kind of church relationship especially in America so to build a place where people can feel at home they can the equivalent come and take their armor off kick their shoes off and chill uh, and feel safe and feel at home is is a huge compliment to churches that are pulling that off around the world so I know that is what you are committed to and your DNA. So thank you, because Europe needs that. We don't need a lot of other things, but we need that. So thank you for the kind of church you're committing to build. Whenever I'm here, always three or four people at least in my short walk from the car to the green room, say hi, smile and are kind to me. Could be because I'm the guest speaker. <laughs> so it may not be typical. But uh, I know others that have been with me have felt your love and your friendship. So thank you for being deliberate and intentional about that. It matters. Um, I'll mention a couple of resources here to you. Sorry to try and sell you things so early in the day. But as I said before, our relationship is long distance and complicated. And our dates are few and far between. So when we are together, we have to move fast. Um, my gold standard series are the series of videos on my top tens with a workbook that goes with them. This is my top ten personal development. There's also top ten leadership wisdom and also top ten team building. So speak to Hannah about any of that stuff. Also my latest results called Aging Well I have brought out. It is available out there. It's a digital product only. It has over 60 videos, almost 11 hours of material on aging well. Physically, as you can see, I am. You're welcome. I'm 95 people. Yeah. Aging well physically really matters, but so does aging well mentally. So does aging well emotionally. And aging well relationally and generationally are the five areas that I have spent a lot of time speaking into in that digital product that again has an ebook and a download Q&A and exercise book with it. So I think you guys 
someone in your world or your team or your family or your work life team may find some of that really helpful. So speak to Hannah about any of that stuff and I hope it's a blessing to your world. Well, I'm going to speak to you about the soul. Everybody say soul. soul. Or zeal. zeal. Yeah, see, see. Yeah, I know. See, I'm going to leave it there. That's the extent of my Dutch. But you all know, don't you, you have one. I wonder if besides knowing you have one, you know what it is and where it is and what it sounds like. Do you know what your soul sounds like? Do you know when your soul is talking? Separate to your head, separate to your spirit, separate to your body. Do you know when your soul requires attention? Do you know the shape and sound of it? Do you know what your soul needs separate to your body, different to your spirit? Do you know what your soul needs for it to flourish, for it to be included in mainstream humanity that we are living? And all around the world, people are languishing and struggling and sick and on prescription medication for physical symptoms of internal unhappiness. It shows itself in blood pressure and stress and, and, and sleeplessness and anger and moodiness and frustration. It shows itself in lots of things that doctors have pills for. But the cause is subliminal. The cause is buried deep inside our makeup as humans in the soul. And I want to talk about this and have been around the world because um, the world is changing and we don't know what to call what's coming next. The world has moved from the beginning of time through a series of ages. And for thousands of years we lived in what could be called the agricultural age that defined all of humanity across the world by and large for, for thousands of years. Then in mid-19th century we moved into a new age called the industrial era. And the industrial revolution came and transformed. It was a game changer. Then not many years ago we had the information age and we all went into the internet age and all of that became called the information age where Bill Gates and Apple and all that stuff came from. But now we are leaving behind the information age and no one knows what to call what's coming next and of course the information age will always have a place and will always have a voice in whatever age comes next because we can't do whatever we do without some connection to that but the technological world is moving as you all know away from humans to AI with driverless vehicles and pilotless planes and pilotless helicopters I was in LA recently and Uber had a convention in town and their big announcement was pilotless helicopters are what they are now pioneering so we're in a world where people that used to find attachment and identity and roles in certain jobs and works are all changing which if we don't figure out where that leaves us we will be bereft and we will be left high and dry and hijacked by the speed at which the ages are moving millions of people who have got to midlife that built their life depending on left brain logic work all their jobs have gone to India. 
and they've come to midlife and they've built their lives around left brain logic skills of communication and organizational ability and getting things done and logistics and details all left brain brilliance but now many of those careers have been cut short because people in India will do it for a fraction of the cost and they're stranded because in midlife they haven't developed any right brain intelligence which is to do with the age we're moving into we're moving into a right brain age which to, which is to do with the soul is to do with connection and meaning and significance and people just don't want to go into a job and a predictable role like we baby boomers had they want to do something that makes a difference that connects with humanity that that, that is legacy minded that is to do with meaning and the significance and connection and creativity so the age we're moving into is the creative age is the age it's, it's the conceptual age it's what people are struggling to call what's coming next but I tell you whatever it's going to be called it's to do with the soul it's not to do with the brain or logic or organizational things or information or technology it's going to be to do with what I call my name for what's coming next is the age of human flourishing all the businesses all the companies all the governments all the corporates in this next 50 years that are involved in anything to do with human flourishing will be the ones that will clean up the future belongs to those that understand that there's more to us than meets the eye and I was saying in the first service and I want to lay this foundation for you guys and this is a huge subject and this chair here is my humble seat by the way I call it my humble seat I have one of these in my mind all the time but speaking about the soul I realize that I speak to you and speak to me about it before I speak to you about it is that it is complicated it is easy for you to feel judged or condemned or misunderstood if I don't talk about the soul in a balanced evolving I'm learning this stuff too kind of way what this seat does is it makes me sit down inside what that does it gives me a tone of communicating that is kind it is inclusive it is winsome it is careful it's paced and some things that we talk about I think we have to be aware that the danger of the subject is that we might say it well but our tone is not thought through so I don't want to come across like this about the soul so my humble chair reminds me you are still figuring out your soul too so give them all a break um, I think in the church world we have not handled this well so it really matters for me to talk to my church family around the world about this because I grew up in a church world and there are still massive elements of this in the church so I don't think I'm out of touch to still raise this in today's contemporary churches like C3 tribe I think I grew up in a church world where the soul was concreted over where everything was fixed spiritually everything was a spiritual problem and it was a spiritual answer so when you had a problem that looking back I know was a problem of the soul deep unhappiness in people um, and, and an inability a lack of empowerment that we had to manage our internal world because we could speak in tongues and move in the spirit and glow in the dark when the anointing was on us <laughs> and angels river danced on our duvet at least twice a week so we were very spiritual but we couldn't get on with each other 
couldn't pay our bills, I was in debt. We weren't in good shape, we were overweight and didn't have good lifestyle habits. We were not good team players. We had massive attitude issues. There's a lot of negativity and gossip and divisiveness amongst us in the church. A lot of drama going on in the church. And pastoring for three decades, every single issue I was involved in as a pastor was a soul-related issue. From the beginning, from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve stuffed up, hid, moving into the first murder that ever took place, from the very beginning, everything has been a soul issue in we humans. It is on every page of the Bible. And yet here we are, you know, 2019, still building churches and lives where we think we'll get away with bypassing the attention that requires by being full of the Spirit. Because we get the fruits of the Spirit. Well, they're called fruits for a reason. You've got to grow them. They're not, they're not just thrown in like a package deal. Oh, now you're a Christian. All the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. They're not a package deal. You got them all when you got saved. Well, I've been saved long enough to know that I've had to work hard for all my versions of that, and still am. And I've pastored too many people that are full of the Spirit, and moving the power of the Holy Ghost, and all the rest of it, who are a mess in just basic humanity stuff. And of course, all these prophesies and shabbat-abadoers that were in our church, when I started bringing in the poor who needed us to be good humans, half the church left. What these people, what these people proved is that we were spiritually overdeveloped, but we were malnourished in our soul. So it's worthy of our attention, I think, to speak about it. And your soul is you. Your soul is what could be called the seat of your consciousness in your humanity. Your soul is you. So if I met you out there in the foyer and I was a stranger to you and you to me and I said to you, hi, what's your name? You would tell me your name. I would tell you my name. Probably very quickly afterwards for men anyway would be, well, what do you do? Then we'd exchange what we did for a living. All the time while you're telling me what you do, I'm already putting you into categories in my mind. If you're white, I don't need to ask you if you're white, I can see you're white, or I can see you're black, or I may not know because of the color of your skin what nationality you are, but your accent lets me know that you are from a country I can't identify, so I might also ask you where do you come from, then I might ask you, you know, where do you live, and are you from around here, and I might ask you, are you married, do you have kids, and within five minutes we've exchanged all these labels that are not who you are. They're what, they are what you do, but they're not who you are. So the more labels we get, and you get a bunch before you're born, you're male, you're female, you get that before you're born, you're black, you're white, you get that before you're born, your social class is decided before you're born, your nationality, your family name, the culture you're born into is all decided before you're born. So you're already born with a whole bunch of labels like less painted on you. And the longer you live, the more labels you get. And, and social media has gone crazy with labeling. We're hashtagging everything. 
So as you get older, you, 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 you're a child, and then you're a teenager, and then you're an adult, and then you're married, and then you're a, you're a parent, and, and then, you're a, then you're an employee or an employer, and then you're rich or you're poor, and then you're labor or you're conservative or Republican or you're Democrat or you're tall or you're short or you're happy or you're sad or you're rich or you're poor or you are an addict or you are um, a failure, or you are anorexic, or you're dyslexic, or you're autistic, so on, so on, so on. Labels, 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 labels. Millions of them. None of them are who you are. And in the church we have our own labeling system too, by the way. So we're not free from the labeling, we're adding to labels. And we give labels to God. That's why I post things like, Jesus was not a Christian. Because <laughs> he wasn't. He still isn't. Which is a huge blow to us that think we have a franchise on him. But I think it's because this tendency for us to label him. So what we do is we try to make him in our image so we feel okay with him. And most of what happens in the church today, I promise you, Jesus has no clue what's going on. You wouldn't even recognize most of the things we call church these days. Starting with something we call follow-up. It's not even in the Bible. It isn't. I looked. It's my job to know it's there. So, so many things we label and we put into our organizational matrix as if it's always something that the church can't do without. I think God's like, mm, it's news to me. I didn't know. That's, I didn't know that we're supposed to do that. And, and on it goes in life. So it's part of our... It's part of our social experience to grow up with that. But, but if I was to take your name off you, and your gender off you, and your skin color off you, and your nationality off you, and your age off you, and your status in life off you, wherever it was, parent or married or single or whatever, if I took all of that off you, are you still you? It's not a trick question. I'll sit down there, since I, I said that a bit rudely, I suppose, I don't know. It's not a trick question. If I take all those labels off you, are you still you? Yeah, you are. But you don't know who you are when you think you are those labels. This is why people get to midlife and realize all of my life I've lived under labels and that's not who I am. So I'm going to go backpacking in the Himalayas to find myself. Hollywood are making huge movies about that. Eat, Pray, Love, Julia Roberts. It's sad that as a man I know about that film. <laughs> but it's the awareness that Hollywood has that we humans need to find ourselves before we leave the planet. And most humans do not and don't even know what it is we're talking about here. And I think your humanity and therefore your Christianity is worse off if you are absent from it. If, if the person that's present in your work and in your marriage and in your parenting and in your friendships and in the church, if the person that's present is a label, is a labeled you, but the real you is not present, I think we are all worse off for not having you here or you there or you involved. 
I think we all know that we are spirit, soul and body. I think that's generally well known. It wasn't some years ago even that much. But we know we're spirit, soul and body. We of course are much more aware of the body than the other two. Because you see it in the mirror. And you can touch it as material. But when it comes to spirit and soul, these mystical, ethereal, disembodied parts of our humanity, we are less able to speak about and make practical because, of course, they are without form and shape. So we have to do more work on the invisible parts of your humanity than we do and we have in the West and still are on the physical part of our humanity. So we're spirit, soul and body. But what's also true is that the soul has a hierarchy of its own. That your soul has three other members. And by the way, spirit, soul and body are not separate compartments. A problem in one will affect the other, as I said earlier, about unhappiness that makes you sick physically. But the soul also has its own, I suppose, hierarchy in terms of function. And in the life of the soul, you have the mind, the emotions, and the will. But they're not equal. In the realm of the soul, in the ecosystem of the soul, the mind is king. And if it's not, the emotions will usurp and take over. Most people live all of their lives completely governed by emotions. And they say things like, I can't help it. Well, I just feel, I just feel, I feel. And so their lives are taken on a ride into a whole world of emotions and feelings. And this goes with them all of their lives, never knowing that you have the power in your soul makeup to change how you live your life and change how you behave. But if you think you just have to express it because you feel it, you're in trouble. You may feel afraid, does not mean you are afraid. But the moment we feel it, we're expressing it, and we've pressed send. And we're in trouble. Because we vent it, because we feel it. So in the realm of the soul, the mind is king. If your soul was a ship, metaphorically, then the mind would be the captain of the ship, the emotions would be the engine room of the ship and the steering mechanism of the ship would be your will, your decision making. And in a healthy soul, the mind decides something, chooses to think something, the emotions provide the energy for that to be carried out and the will starts to line up to make a decision for that to happen. Is the called mechanics of it. So one of the most helpful things I think that I've realized about this and regarding the soul over the years I've been thinking and trying to figure this out for me and for you is the relationship between the mind and the emotions and which one of those should at any given moment be in charge in your life. Because emotions, I mean, think of it this way emotions are data, they are data, they are not directives. 
Emotions are information, they are not instructions. Emotions are incoming options, they are not commands. Emotions are suggestions, they are not orders that you have to respond to. So emotions are just data, that's all they are. They're not directives. And most of us interpret emotions as things we have to express. Instead of, and this is why knowing your soul is the seat of consciousness and where the soul sits is important in your humanity. Because the soul sits way back in your consciousness. It sits behind emotion. It sits behind decision making. It sits behind thought. And the soul is so far back in your internal ecosystem, it spectates emotion, it spectates thought, and the soul gets to choose whether or not it wants to involve, it wants you to be involved in what's flying around in your head and what's coming in as emotional upheaval. Your soul is supposed to sit back like it was before it had names and labels. You, the real you, is in there. And it's sitting back in that seat of consciousness, looking at everything and thinking, mm, okay, it's just passing traffic. I'm not going to jump in and try direct traffic. I'm just going to watch the traffic. And to train yourself to do that is a superpower most humans have not figured out. Because they're just involved with the traffic. Because if it's in your head, you think it belongs to you. So you start dealing with it. And then it, it deals with you. So emotions are data, they are not directives. And so what I've figured out and I'm figuring out is that what this means is your emotions have no transport of their own. Your emotions can't live, speak, express, post, write, rant, press send. Your emotions have no voice, no expression. Your emotions can't deliver anything without a lift from your mind. So what we got to start practicing is we got to stop we got to start practicing not letting every day when you wake up your mind going over to emotions house and being your emotions uber driver. Some of you are ubering around crappy emotions all day every day and then saying it's not my fault. Or coming for deliverance and prayer. Stop it. You are your own deliverer. If you knew who you are. So you've, you've got you've to be willing to cancel the contract. Your mind has made with your soul. Because your soul has got the Uber app for your mind. And your soul says, great, we're awake. Remember what happened last night? Or you turn on your phone and on the family and friends WhatsApp channel, in comes the garbage. <laughs> or whatever it is in the feed, or whatever you first are stimulated by the next day, boom, it's in your airspace. And it's flying around. And before you even know it, because you're so used to it, your mind is now thinking it. Your mind is now getting a whole scenario going. Now you're doing drama in your head. Now you're speaking about it. And what you did in the flash was your soul woke up with you and your emotions are already up and running and here to go. And from the night before, the week before, the freaking 10 years before, 
Because that's how long this stuff can go on in a human or a group of people. And before you even know it, your mind has gone over, picked up your emotions, and you're driving them around all day. In all your communications, your relationships, the decisions, the choices, the conversations, you're Ubering around these negative emotions all day. They have no transport without your head. They've got to stay home. Now you need to know that. Because you think you have no control over it. So you think you need God to deliver you or some external power to deliver you. And what you've got to figure out when you have self-awareness to know that you yourself have the keys and the empowerment to interrupt this process. At least experiment with it this week. Some of you are, you know, with Uber app, you can have various options with the Uber app. You can get like a big Uber car, like Uber XL. Some of you are Uber XLing around group emotions. You're giving a ride to someone else's drama, not just yours. Because you're involved in group drama. You're on, you're on group drama WhatsApp channels. Either literally or in your head. And you're Ubering around someone else's drama. So you were having a good day till you bumped into them. You were okay till you had your coffee with them every Wednesday, which you should have stopped way back. Because when you get away from that person, you feel the toxicity and the negative energy. And it's in your soul and you're not happy. He's back. He's my... Uh, hello, get out of here. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's right, he's my man. Love it. Someone has to do it. Could you experiment this week with just, I don't know, a five second rule? That's all, just count to a few seconds and think, hang on, what, what is that? What is that? Is that mine? Did that come from me? And develop the awareness that your emotions are simply there. They're not yours. They don't get to choose anything about what you do next. They don't get to have a voice if you don't give them one. They don't get to make you ill if you stop entertaining them. They don't get to contaminate your day or hijack something really good that becomes really bad because your emotions are at full level of expression. Your brain is doing that. Your mind is transporting them around. So you've got to cancel the Uber contract stay home, make your emotions stay where they are, sit back in your seat of consciousness and think, okay, which one of you am I going to drive around today? I'm going to pick you up. I like you. You are, you, you, are, you are a happy emotion. You are an emotion that I think is healthy for me and us. So I'm going to pick you up. You want an Uber contract with them. But because you're not discerning about your clientele, you're picking up gangsters. You're picking up emotional criminals, emotional abusers, emotional thugs, emotional troublemakers. And then, then you think you need an encounter with God. And you know what? We want the people that need an encounter with God to be people that really need something that only the supernatural can can help otherwise I think we lower the tone of the supernatural and we make it about stuff that really it's not for 
or we think the supernatural is always external intervention instead of internal intervention. So I want to build a life and I want you to think about building a life and build churches and build, build humans that realize that you have an internal hierarchy. And if the mind is king, for most of the time, you'll do better as a human. But if the engine room's in charge, then you have been driven all over the ocean at full speed by out of control engine room because the captain abdicated responsibility, which is your head. Let's stand together. Come on, time's gone. Everybody okay? Yes. Father, thank you for these beautiful souls here in this room today. We're mindful too of people not here today that are part of our family, our world, our tribe. We pray for them too. I pray that this week we will have the separateness. We will have the objectivity to be able to spot the component parts of this process and to be able to intervene and interrupt it. I pray that we will at least commit to experimentation this week of being slow to react to these random emotions that we're just not sure actually why we have them or where we came they came from help us to help us to put our mind back on the throne and take our feelings off that throne and this is hard work for some of us and so I really pray that this week you will have the courage the tenacity, the presence of mind to remember a couple of hours from now even, less than that, when, you, when you're stepping into an emotional expression, just realize, I just Ubered my worst emotions into this relationship. Help each other with this new language. If all of this becomes is, is humorous language to each other, let it become that way of triggering the thought that this is not worthy of thought. In Jesus' name. Be transformed, Paul said, by the renewal of the mind. All renewal begins and is sustained. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from Him. And today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, Today, 
the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.